The purpose of Wealth Talk is to educate, inform, and hopefully entertain you on the subject of building your wealth. Wealth Builders recommends you should always take independent financial, tax, or legal advice before making any decisions around your finances. Welcome to episode 150 of Wealth Talk. My name's Christian Rodwell, the Membership Director for Wealth Builders. I'm joined today by our founder, Mr. Kevin Whelan. Hi, Kevin. 150. Woohoo! <laughs> I didn't know I liked you that much, Chris. I could stand talking to you every single week for 150 weeks. I think 2019 we kicked this off, so yeah. Well, well, that's interesting. I mean, it's good to know that we're giving messages that are being well-received, or at least well-received by many. Uh, not by, mind you, somebody's probably listened to all of these episodes, Chris. What do you think about that? Yeah, maybe there's a good time if someone's listening now has listened to all 150 and hasn't left a review yet. Why not tell us what you what you think? And uh, that would be a nice little birthday anniversary present for us. Yeah, well, that would be good. Happy anniversary, Chris. <laughs> so we're face-to-face together today. You can probably hear that um, at Wealth Builders HQ. And um, we're continuing the theme. So we kicked it off last week with uh, seven ways to tackle inflation. We know, uh, obviously, prices are rising out there. You can see it when you go and get your coffee at Costa or you do your weekly shop or your petrol. Yeah, yeah. I've got electric cars. Well, so have I. We don't get hit quite so badly there. But we know that, obviously, cost is is really significantly rising at the moment. So uh, go and check out last week's episode, Seven Ways to Tackle uh, Inflation. But today we've got our wealth coach, Manish Kataria, mm-hmm. uh, who is uh, obviously an expert in the area of uh, finance and stocks and yeah. all things market-based. So a bit of a broader look at how inflation is affecting the markets. Yeah. So, I mean, look, he's a man of credibility, so we must listen to what he has to say. And I think you'll pick up some themes going through there, uh, particularly, uh, you know, a style of uh, what he says are inflationary pressures in all markets. And we'll debrief that at the end, you know, the importance of using tax-free things, you know, wherever you get a gift, as he calls it, you know, you could use that. And um, simplicity over complexity, Chris. Some really good messages coming from Manish today. Yeah. So uh, let's dive straight into it then and uh, head over to our conversation with Manish Kataria. Manish, welcome back to Wealth Talk today. Hi, Chris. How are you doing? Very well, very well, thank you. And uh, we were just looking back to see when it when, when you were last a guest, and it was actually all the way back in the summer of 2020, so right in the middle of the COVID crisis. And um, I know we were talking about similar things then with, uh, you know, the economy and, uh, you know, lots of concern out there. And there's a bit of concern out there at the moment, isn't there? There is. You know, there's, there's always concern, um, you know, whether we're talking about the economy or politics and markets and, uh, you know, there's always a concern and what we call, you know, how we refer to these kind of concerns, you know, we call them a wall of worry. So markets climb a wall of worry and there's always something around the corner, right? So there's pandemics, there's war, there's uh, inflation, there's recession fears and there's somebody always points to something to, um, to deter uh, investors uh, in, you know, to invest. And, and without those concerns, I guess, um, you know, markets wouldn't keep going up. We, we kind of need those concerns to keep people on their toes and to enable markets to keep going up over time. So there's always something, Chris. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And um, obviously, 
our members will know you very well, Manish. You're one of our wealth coaches, have been for over two years now. But um, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself before we really get stuck into the, the, the main conversation today, which is going to be focused mostly around inflation. Yeah, sure. So um, I, I'm I'm a wealth coach uh, with uh, with wealth builders, and um, you know I've been I've been doing that for a couple of years now. I think uh, is that right, Chris? Um, yeah, a yeah. couple of years I've been with wealth builders, so that's really good. Uh, really enjoy working uh, with your members, uh, sort of providing um, you know guidance around business and and investing. So so I you know I really enjoy doing that. Um, I have a background in investment management, so I'm I'm a professional investor by training. Um, I used to work with JP Morgan, um, managing uh, money with JP Morgan, and I've worked at other blue chip investment houses. So that's my kind of background. I'm still doing that on a part time basis. I still work in the city on a part time basis, but nowadays I get to sort of choose my own hours. So, so I'm I'm not I'm not sort of working full time. Um, in the corporate life, um, I sort of run um, an investment program. I run Invest Like a Pro, which is a network of uh, investors. Uh, it's the home of passive investing, uh, as I call it, because we're talking about all things investing in markets, in secured loans, and other ty- other types of, of passive investments. So, um, so that's really sort of what I'm doing now is really helping investors to invest better. Uh, that's how I would describe it. Yeah. And um, just maybe tell us a little bit more about the Investment Academy program, because uh, I know all of our members who have attended that over the last few months have just been giving rave reviews. Um, so, so what actually do you cover on there? Uh, we we cover um, sort of investing in financial markets. Uh, and really, my job was to kind of demystify that world. And, you know, I've got, I've got um, you know, deep knowledge in that area but what i used to come across was investors who um you know who were kind of um almost uh, deterred from investing because they they saw the perceived complexity and and for me you know I, my job is to as i as i mentioned to kind of simplify how people can invest and and you know the my mantra is the simpler you keep it, the more effective you'll be. And, you know, I've, I've been sort of full circle. I, you know, I got the, got my CFA qualification, which is chartered financial analyst. And, you know, I took things to, you know, um, you know, pretty complex levels uh, when you're working in the city, but you don't actually need that, you know, and there's this whole thing about the financial industry, which is, you know, deliberately complicates, um, you know, using jargon and using various different techniques. And, and, um, and they only do that because the whole financial industry is so competitive. And, you know, how do you differentiate yourself with your competitors by trying to, trying to sort of create this perceived complexity. And then I just came out of that and I said, look, really the best way to succeed in investing is to keep things simple. And that's, that's how I sort of, um, you know, structure my program to demystify investing, to, to show people how uh, they can invest in a structured passive low cost way into ETFs and stocks and funds uh, really to sort of beat inflation and to to get their money working harder for them um, than you know currently it may be, and and to keep things low cost, of course, because that's one of the key uh, one of the key leakages, which I know we'll talk about later. It's uh, you know the three leakages I'm trying to encourage people to to avoid are, are fees, taxes, and inflation. So that's a big area of focus. Yeah. So. Um... Yeah, let's start there then. So you talk about this concept of wealth leakages. And as you mentioned there, 
Um, number three is inflation. You know, we're going to focus on that. But, you know, reducing your fees, we know what a massive difference that can make. And there's some really interesting graphs and tables on your website, Invest Like a Pro, um, which illustrate that, right? Just how much that eats mm-hmm. into uh, your future profit. Um, and then taxes as well. You know, obviously, we, we know the, the benefit of uh, utilizing those, uh, you know, efficient wrappers such as ices and things like that. Is there anything else, you know, want to cover there just briefly so people understand, you know, what they should be focusing on? In terms of taxes? Yes, and, and, and yeah. fees, the two of those, the first two. Yeah, yeah so, you know, taxes are, are fairly, uh, are relatively easy to to avoid. That's kind of what I would call low-hanging fruits. So, you know, we haven't annual ISA allowance. Um, everybody has an annual ISA allowance, which is um, enables you to invest um, in order to protect future gains, uh, future investment gains and future investment income, protect it uh, you know, from tax. So these are tax shelters. So if you can, try to make the most of your ISA allowances. Uh, same for your pension allowances. So you have um, you know, annual allowances in, in pensions, so in SAS, and SIP and, and and regular pensions. So again, these are free gifts from the government, from HMRC, and you don't often get those, right? So, you know, uh, always I'm always encouraging people to try and make the most of these allowances if you can. And as I mentioned, these are low-hanging fruit available to everyone, not complex. Um, you know, all of the platforms out there enable you to sort of very quickly open up um, pension accounts, um, you know, in uh, in SIPs or in ISIS. And, and SASs I know, are very popular amongst, uh, you know, your members and, and property investors. And that's a, an amazing uh, wrapper if you can sort of get get exposure to SASs as well. So, But they all achieve the same Thing, which is to enable you to enjoy your investment gains in a tax tax efficient way. So that's taxes. In terms of fees, uh, that's a really big one. So uh, you know, we're all paying high fees. Um, uh, you know, or we have at some stage have paid high fees, and that's because we don't uh, necessarily know better, right? Most people are, you know, they trust their pension provider, they trust their existing schemes, um, and especially if you've got a pension from work, you think that's automatically the best thing to be uh, invested in, but not necessarily, right? Um, you know, you often get high fees, and you often get put into investments which aren't suited to your own risk profile. So what we do in the academies is to kind of show people, you know, uh, ways in which you can invest um you know whilst minimizing your fees and invest better in in passive investments and etfs and and stocks which have been you know proven to outperform in the long term so that's what you know it is a key area of focus so on average you know if, if somebody um comes along on the academy and i you know we have a sort of um you know everyone gets an opportunity to um to go through their uh, existing investment strategy wherever they're invested in and we do a live analysis on the program and you know on average people are you know typically paying 1.5 to 2% per annum to their pension provider and that might not sound like a huge deal on a on a sort of percentage basis but it equates to around sort of 3 to 4000 pounds per annum per individual and when you compound that up over 10 years you know we're talking potentially up to a hundred thousand pounds for depending on your pension size and you know what i've been able to do is you know people come along say they're paying three and a half thousand pounds per annum to their existing scheme 
you know, I can very, very quickly show them a way in which they can slash that down to below a thousand pounds per annum just by investing passively in low cost platforms. Um, again, um, pretty straightforward to set up. Um, and you know, once you, once you're set up in the right way in, in, you know, using low cost platforms, using low cost ETFs and, and, you know, in using a strategy which is suited to your own risk profile, that's pretty much a set and forget system which you can sort of just have running in the background passively and and enjoy that compounding over the long term. Yeah, great. So we know that the news is full of talk of inflation at the moment, but uh, where has this all come from? Why are we suddenly seeing this all of a sudden and, and what can we do about it, Manish? Ah, oh, where where has it come from? Well, I guess we have to go back uh, a couple of years. I guess when we last spoke on 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 this podcast, you know, back to March 2020, when we all know what happened then. You know, it was the pandemic kicking off, and and I guess the roots of this current inflationary episode are, are planted in 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 COVID. And we had the lockdowns, and then when we came out of lockdowns, there was huge huge uh, supply shortages, and when you know the economies were returning back to normality um, demand was increasing and we were still having these supply shortages in in, in energy markets in in oils in in cars secondhand cars uh, you know uh, technology semiconductors you name it there were supply shortages going on right and um, so what what happened was that there was a supply squeeze and and people were returning back to normality and and prices were shot up. Prices shot up for most most things, most goods and services. So that's uh, you know that's almost like a sort of temporary um, dislocation. Uh, and then we had the uh, the Russia Ukraine situation, which just added fuel to the fire, so so to speak. And we just had a, an acceleration in inflation. So all of these things are kind of supply side related issues um, primarily. And, you know, that's what's causing this sort of inflationary spike at the moment. So that's the cause. Mm. Um, and, uh, and I know that you're quite passionate about, you know, some of the figures that we see in the press and on the news might mm. not quite be as accurate as uh, the truth be told. So um, there's three types of inflation to be aware of. What are those? Oh yeah, well, I've been a long-standing um, disbeliever of inflation uh, of, of of official inflation data, and you know, uh, you know, back when in the good times, now you know, a few years ago when inflation was officially at sort of one or two percent, I was saying at the time, well, this is this is impossible, right? You, I was just looking at my sort of annual uh, sort of price increases, uh, you know, in terms of food and energy and uh you know my uh, telecom bills right U utility bills and broadband and all the rest all the rest of it and that was going up well in excess of two percent so i was saying at the time look inflation is really more like sort of seven eight percent in reality and um and we're there now we're, we're at seven percent officially right now but i still don't believe that number so i would say look it's safe to assume it's 10% at least, if not 15%. And, um, and there's good reasons why the government would want to be hiding the real rate of inflation, right? And if you think about it, the government is the biggest 
debtor in the country. It owns the most debt in the country. And if the real rate of inflation was disclosed, there'd be pressure on interest rates to go up even more than they're going up now. And who's going to lose out the most? It's the, it's the government and it's their own debt bill, which would just balloon out of control. So um, yeah, I, I would say investors should uh, assume it's more like so 10, 15, maybe even 20%, right? It's it's impossible to know. And everyone has a different different inflation rate, of course, because the, the average inflation rate doesn't apply, doesn't apply to everyone. Um th- there are three rates, right? So there's the official rate, um, w- which is what we hear about. There's the central bank rate, which is what the Bank of England forecasts in terms of what the what the um, the next 12 months is likely to bring. And there's the investor rate, and that for for you and I, for for your members, for your audience, that's the most important rate. It's it's the investor rate, which is the reality rate, right? And that's the amount uh, that our cash balances are being eroded on a day by day basis, and and so that's really important to know that uh, you know what what that rate might be. I mentioned we don't know precisely what it is, but let's say it's say fifteen percent, ten. Let's say it's ten percent. So that means you know every year your money is being eroded by ten percent at least every year, and it's it's the silent killer, right? Um, it's cash is the only major asset class that's guaranteed to lose money on a day by day basis. So it's really dangerous to be sitting on a lot of cash for a long period of time uh, because of that inflation erosion, uh, you know, which just happens on a day by day basis. So there's lots of things you can do about it. Um, you know, there are inflationary beneficiaries out there. You know, um, property is a good inflation beneficiary. Uh, stock markets are a great inflation beneficiary, you know, naturally, because if you think about it, when you're investing in stock markets, you're actually investing in real companies. And real companies out there are increasing their revenues by inflation if not higher and and when that happens uh, you know their their profits increase by inflation or higher and when their profits increase stock prices go up right to reflect that so there's a very natural sort of sequence of events and that's why a lot of people get surprised by why stock markets keep going up and because they are a good inflation beneficiary. Historically, that's been proven to be the case. And, and you know, within equities, and we cover this in the Investment Academy, actually. So we cover a whole range of different investment uh, inflation beneficiaries. So we're talking about commodities. We're talking about infrastructure assets. We're talking about REITs, uh, which are property-related equities, uh, value equities, momentum equities. You know, so all of these things are, are kind of, uh, you know, available to investors, uh, essentially. So there's lots out there that you can do yeah. about it. It's not, it's not, it's not a lost cause by any means. Mm. Yeah, no. Again, no, there's an article I was reading on on one of your blogs, Manish, and you were showing that with inflation even up to fifteen percent, the equities still produce results. So um, that was interesting. And um, you know, there was the t- term used, hyperinflation. Maybe you could just explain that for our listeners as well. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, um, just going back to your, your previous point. Yeah. Look, I mean, historically, you know, going back hundred, 150 years, it's, uh, you know, equities have, um, appreciated by on average eight to 10% per annum. And, and 
and there is a linkage, there is a historical linkage between inflation and equities doing well in the absence of hyperinflation. So I think the the study that you're referring to um, showed that as long as inflation stays sort of below 15%, infl- um, equities have always uh, returned positive real returns. So by real returns, I'm talking about inflation-adjusted returns. So so there's always been a positive linkage. The only time things get a little bit uh, uncertain is when there's what's called hyperinflation. So, you know, typically that's sort of greater than 15%. And when that happens, you know, all asset classes are, are, are at risk, right? Property included, because then what happens is that bond yields start going up, interest rates will start going up, and and then you know, no asset class is safe. The only asset class that might be safe there is gold, potentially. Um, but you know, I, I don't expect inflation to reach 15%. I know things are bad right now, but I don't think we're going to get there. I think this is a temporary um, spike because of the supply side issues that we're seeing right now. I think by the end of this year, we'll start start to see inflation sort of uh, stabilize and sort of come down from here. And that's a good environment for equities uh, to be involved in. Mm. And, and and what are your thoughts, Manish, on the interest rates? Do you believe they will have to rise to respond to, to try and combat the inflation? Yeah, I mean, they are rising. Uh, they have been rising, um, you know, across the world slowly. Uh, you can argue that central banks have been a little bit slow to raise rates, and I think that's right. They should have probably raised rates earlier, but they were a little bit uncertain about what was going on in the world. But now they're playing a bit of catch up. But, uh, you know, I think um, UK rates will probably go up to around 2% by the end of this year. Uh, but we're not going to get to 3 4 5%. I think that is, um, you know, you know, unnecessary. Um, unless inflation becomes really sticky and sticks around at these levels, which, I, as I mentioned, I don't think it will. So I think we get to around two, max two and a half percent, and then we kind of uh, you know pause for breath at that point. In fact, the Bank of England has recently come out and said they you know they've started expressing concerns about potential slowdown in growth, and in that environment, you know they're not going to keep raising rates aggressively. So I think we get to two two and a half percent, and and pretty much uh, you know that will probably you know be the peak for for interest rates in the UK. Mm. So many of our listeners, Manish, they'll be business owners, either traditional businesses or, you know, property investors as well. So, you know, any other impact for for those two classes of people that they should be, you know, thinking about things they can be doing now just to kind of protect themselves? Um, I mean, look, if you're really concerned about interest rates spiking, uh, you know, even further than what I've just mentioned. So, you know, I think we'll get to two, two and a half percent. If you think we're going to sort of get to three, four, maybe five percent, then, you know, look to look to fix your mortgages for a start. That's that's the first thing you can think about doing. You know, go for five year fixes, uh, you know, longer term fixes to protect yourself from interest rate hikes. That's the that's the most obvious thing you could be doing. Um, you know what else? If you're if you're a business owner, then you've got to be mindful if you're taking out business loans and things like that. Uh, we've already seen you know student loans, which is a different asset, a different sort of situation altogether. But student loans have really spiked uh, in terms of interest rates. But you know if you're if you're if you've got a lot of debt on your balance sheet uh, as a business owner or as a 
as a as an individual, if you've taken on lots of debt, just be mindful that interest rates, you know, there is a risk that interest rates could go up. Um, you know, if those if inflation was to prove to be sticky, and if if central banks decided, well, look, we really need to be aggressive in our fight against inflation. That's not my base case, but if you think that's going to happen, uh, then you might want to protect yourself by fixing um, fixing your uh, mortgages or, or or loans for a longer term uh, on a longer term basis. So that's the obvious thing you could be doing. Okay, so um, so that's given us a, a good summary then, Manish. Uh, is there anything we've not covered, anything you've been writing about recently or questions you've been getting asked uh, that, that you think would be useful to, to cover? Um, I think, I mean, a lot of people um, who, who I talk to, they, they're property investors. And um, uh, in fact, around 80% of, at least 80% of, the attendees on on the investment program I run, they're, they're property investors, but when they come along, what they want to be doing is is to be diversifying. You know, they they kind of see property as a great asset class. I'm look, don't get me wrong, I'm in property. I like I like property. Um, you know, that's one of my main asset classes. But I think people need to think about diversifying, and most people who attend the program are looking are, are there to you know sort of learn ways in which they can diversify. And um, and and you know, stock markets, um, options is another asset class I cover. You know, these two these two areas are, are really good ways to diversify alongside property, not away from property, but to be diversifying alongside property. And you know, some of the con- common concerns I get uh, are, and I and I get this. You know, you with property. It's not passive, right? And it's 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 a it's stress. Um, if you get if you get some funny tenants, you know, I, I call tenants, toilets, and boilers. Those are the big three stresses with property, right? And um, you know, you you get called out with property. Um, there's effort required, right? You can't just sort of run property. Um, from your laptop, for example, with stock markets you can, and you know, stock markets can be very very passive, um, and you know, they can be tax efficient, right? And you don't get the same tax efficiencies within property. There's, a, you know, in fact, the tax changes we saw a few years ago, I think they're just the start and those will just be increasing over time because property investors are an easy target, right? And let's face it, there's a hole in government balance sheet, in, in government finances. They need to raise taxes and, you know, property investors will be an easy target going forward. And, and you know, the regulations will probably keep increasing as well and and that's why property investors are looking for ways to diversify um and stock markets are a natural way to do that and the only kind of concern people have historically had with stock markets is about volatility and you know i show investors how you can invest whilst minimizing that volatility and earning decent um and earning decent returns at the same time so people sort of come along and they have very balanced diversified portfolios i show them ways in which they can sort of be be balanced and and sort of reduce that risk and you can invest in things like factory etfs which give you uh you know exposure to low volatility equities but which have also sort of historically made decent returns you can get exposure to income producing equities which again are very stable in nature but they give you a, a really good dividend yield you know we're talking between four to eight percent per annum 
and and people are getting really interested in options which is also part of the investment academy program so we have a whole module on options and um and people get very excited by options and i do and and it also happens to be one of warren buffett's favorite strategies because it's such a it's such an incredible asset class um and you know we're we're getting uh, i'm i'm getting some of my investors are getting you know anywhere between 2 to 3% per month returns on options um so so that's another sort of area which people are seeing a lot of interest in yeah yeah it's um you know great way to generate recurring income and that's the uh obviously the name of the game with wealth builders and it's so good to have you as uh one of our trusted partners with all of your expertise in certainly around pillar two the investment pillar which we've been discussing today manish so um where can someone go if they want to find out more about the program that you run um so um website is investlikeapro.co.uk and that's that's the that's the main website um if you want to find out more information on the program itself i know you'll be sending out some information chris and there's some stuff on the wealth builders website uh but the direct link is uh, investlikeapro.co.uk forward slash investing which kind of gives you uh you know all the information around the program itself Brilliant. Well, thanks so much for sharing with us today, Manish. Uh, Good to speak to you as always. We'll catch up again really soon. Great. Thanks, Chris. Speak soon. Hey, so lots of points there for us to debrief on in just a moment, Kevin. Uh, Before we do that, let's head to Trustpilot and read out one of our latest reviews. This one is from Dooley Boy, who says, (laughs) it was whilst researching all things SaaS that I first discovered Kevin Whelan and then the Wealth Builder's excellent podcast, which always delivers great weekly content. You really must check out the back catalogue. I have since joined the Academy and wow, what a great idea. There is a clear roadmap in place with a fantastic level of detail that is adaptable to suit all existing levels of experience. It is backed up with truly genuine and accessible support from Kevin, Christian and Richico, along with Chris, Paul and Gary from their wider team and also from within the Wealth Builders community itself. And with the help that we have received, we have set up our SaaS and we now stand at the start of what will be an incredibly exciting journey and one which will go on to provide an excellent legacy for our children, all three of whom have now started to embrace the possibilities that the SaaS offers as well as seemingly adopting a wealth builder mindset in an osmosis-like manner. Wow. (laughs) Is that the longest review we've ever had? Well, I think things are rubbing off there with Dooley Boy. Well, I'll tell you what, Dooley Boy sounds a bit like Del Boy, but but he's very articulate. Fantastic member of the Osmosis. I don't think we've had the word osmosis. But I like osmosis because it's sort of like a, a transforming impact, permeating his pores from within, which is enabling him to sort of get his mindset right, not just for himself, but to be a a brilliant steward for the next generation. I mean, that's just a wonderful review. Yeah, we love that one. So Mm. thank you. Thank you once again for that. Mm. Okay, so... What did you pull out there from the conversation with Manish? Oh, absolutely nothing. (laughs) Let's end it there. (laughs) I mean, what I would say is, you know, he's, he's coming from a place of clear understanding of how markets work. And while he and I might have the occasional disagreement about the role of the market in building wealth, um, I believe that for the most part, when people are investing in the market, they're not doing so deliberately. They're not doing so with the intention to create cash flow. They tend to fall into the accumulation model 
which is sort of buy and hope as opposed to hold and deliberately diversify and deliberately uh, create ways to sort of mitigate risk. However, so he and I might disagree on that, but there is a role for the stock market. And I think if you listen to what he had to say, he's really talking about inflationary pressures, both in terms of or in terms of fees, inflation tax. So if you just use what I normally do, Chris, and kind of find an acronym in that, is your investment fit? Fees, uh, inflation, tax, and of course, the big issue right now is inflation, but we mustn't minimise our understanding of the impact and the reduction, therefore, in the value from fees and also from tax. But just to touch on Manisha's viewpoint as well, that he talked about the current problems with inflation are supply-side driven. Um, Now, I'm an economist by training, so let me give the counter view as well, that inflationary pressure, the pressure on prices, yes, can come from either the inflation side or the demand side, which is when there is so much pent-up demand that what tends to happen then is when the demand is very, very high and the supplier of the product, service or whatever sees, hang on a minute, there's a huge demand, they put the prices up. Mm. So that's because they want to make more profit. And of course, he mentioned that, that in inflationary times, companies almost accidentally can make more profit which means the stock market, at least big companies, you know, who are participating in those services where that inflationary pressure is there, can be making more profit and therefore their value can be a hedge against that inflation because they're making more profit in line with inflation. So definitely I agree with Manish as far as that's concerned. And I definitely agree with him that you've got to pay attention to the tax side of things. You know, use it or lose it, as they say, and uh, take advantage of your ISAs, take advantage of your pensions, because wherever you can invest, where there's no artificial reduction in somebody taking money out of your life, basically, then it's important to do that. So all tax-free allowances should be used. So I agree with him on that. And I think um, the other point he he mentioned when he talked about tax was enjoying tax-free returns. I want to flip that a bit. And so you should enjoy returns. Enjoy it. You'll find pleasure in investing, whereas so many people find fear in investing. And the only way you can find pleasure in investing is to know more about how investing works and know more about yourself. So many people get caught up in investing in standard things that somebody else has designed by accident, by ease, really. Employers set up schemes and funds that are designed because, well, it's just easy to offer the same thing to everybody, which may have no reflection on who you are as a person. So I would say spend time with somebody who knows more than you do about the market and help you understand how you can invest in line with your own personal DNA, whether it's value investing because you like certain companies, whether it's building kind of a core holding in low-cost investments, as Manish mentions, and then build some um, almost ideas around the outside. So you might hold a, a range of passive funds because you want to keep your cost down, 
but you might want to dip into, well, what do you think is happening with the world as far as electric vehicles are concerned? What do you think about nitrogen cars? What do you think about green energy? What do you think about? So that your opinions can reflect your investment choices. And that way, you're bringing your investments to life to reflect who you are, not somebody else. Yeah. Manish mentioned about ETFs, but um, perhaps we can explain a bit more about what an ETF stands for. Yeah. And I think ETF exchange traded fund is just another way of being able to buy into the stock market. So just as you go buy your shopping, you can either buy it from a local store, buy it from a supermarket, or go and buy a cash and carry at wholesale prices. Essentially, an ETF is a wholesale priced stock or a fund. And they can be very, very narrow and very specific, which means instead of buying a big, big fund like FTSE 100 or the S&P 500 standard and poor's the American version, you can narrow down and say, I want to own uh, gold stocks or mining stocks or something very specific. So you can zero in and focus on the areas where you might be interested. So ETFs, just another way of holding money in the market, narrow it down where you want to go at a fraction of the price you would normally pay for big funds, or in America they call them mutual funds, where they tend to be heavily loaded in terms of fees. And I think he's spot on about fees. Most people are paying 2%. And I'm going to repeat my challenge uh, that I did, I think, last time, Chris, which is we believe that anybody who gets in touch with us who's got money in the market, possibly not reflecting who they are, possibly by default, uh, we believe we can save you 50% in charges. Now, in inflationary times, if you can reduce something by 50%, you've done a good job. If you can reduce it by 10%, done a good job. 50%, all you need to do is drop us an email at hellowealthbuilders.co.uk and we will do our best to do that. And if we can't do it, it's all free anyway. Yeah. Nothing to lose. Yeah. Definitely take advantage of that. Drop mm-hmm. us an email, as Kevin says. Just uh, put a clear subject line there, reduce fees, Wealth Talk podcast, and uh, we'll definitely get back to you and uh, pick that up. So, um, okay, that was interesting. Um, obviously, one of the things Manish talked about was diversification as well. Yeah. Talking about perhaps, you know, property investors looking to diversify into pillar three investments. But of course, we know the seven pillars. Yep. So diversification definitely gives people peace of mind, security. It kind of you know smooths things out, especially when there's difficult times. I think if you can find a way that over time you can build your wealth deliberately and conscientiously in multiple pillars, you become financially bulletproof. And that's the idea of diversification. Most people I've have conversations with people and say, well, diversification is really important and not not at any cost. But they say, oh, yeah, well, I'm already diversified. I say, what do you mean? They say, well, I've got 20 stocks or 30 stocks. Well, that's not diversification. That's diversification. If you don't know what you're doing, you've just bought more and you think you're doing better when actually you don't know what you're doing. And this is where I like the Buffett definition of risk, which is when you don't know what you are doing. So the risk is always in you. And what we believe is if you learn more and take some time to be taught, be humble enough to be open to it, you can learn not just the enjoyment side of things, but I believe that Manish and others uh, can teach you in a month 
what an IFA would know about managing funds that they charge you for a lifetime. So a few hours of learning can remove the fees that somebody's going to put in for life because it is quite simple. It's not as complicated as anybody thinks. And that's the reason why, as an IFA myself, I pride myself on keeping costs down, show people what to do, then they know how to do it, even if they don't choose to do it themselves. You know, it's always better to know what needs to be done because as I, I believe there's no investment that's passive. You've got to know what needs to be done in order to delegate the work. But if you don't know what needs to be done, the delegation becomes abdication, then you're hoping and hope is not a good plan. And we've got numerous stories of members of our community who we've saved thousands and thousands of pounds for. Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah. there's just some, just go to our trust pilot reviews. But the other thing I've mentioned that sort of ties up what Manish said and my little quote there with Mr. Buffett is uh, the issue of how do you create an income stream from the stock market? And it's good to know that. And while it not be might not be right for everyone, um, Warren Buffett, and I know Manish teaches this as well, um, about options. Mm-hmm. And while I'm not going to go into the technical details of options, let me give you a simple analogy, Chris. If you know about pillar number four, which is owning a portfolio of property, now if you imagine you're going to buy property and you think about, well, I'm going to buy some property and I'm going to build my wealth through property, but you buy the property and you leave it empty. So you're only going to get one stream of income, which is the increase in the capital value of the property. So you buy something for 100 grand and in the future you may sell it for 200 grand. Yes, you'll pay some capital gains tax because as when he said there are less benefits in the tax side of things in owning residential property than other types. Commercial property can work differently, particularly if you combine that with your pension. However, going back to the story, you wouldn't dream if you were a property investor and saying, well, I'm just going to leave the property empty. You'd want to get two streams of income. Number one, the capital appreciation or your hope for capital appreciation and over the long term, you'd expect it. But number two is you want a rental income. Well, that's what Mr. Buffett does. So he has a high holding of stocks, which he's keeping for the long term. When you hold a lot of stock, that's called a position. So when you have a large position of money in stocks, other people who don't have that position want to temporarily borrow that position or some of your position. They want to borrow your stocks. Why do they want to do that? Well, they want to try and create some revenue from the sale of an option or the purchase of an option. So they'll think the stock's going to, you know, they'll want to create a value from it. So they'll borrow your stock if they need to or buy it from you. So if they borrow it so they've got the money to fulfill an option, you get a premium, a rental, but if you they exercise the option, they're going to buy it from you. Well, if you've always set the option price to make a profit, you're going to make a profit either way. Mm-hmm. And this is teachable. Not for everybody, definitely not for everybody, but it's teachable and it isn't complicated at all. So you can learn it, you can embrace it. I went on a, on a course to learn it, uh, understood it, didn't think it was for me. 
But that's me. You might be different. Manish would definitely be different. Somebody else would be different still. So by understanding the things, you get to determine what you like, what you don't like. And that's better than being constantly in the dark. Mm. And that fits really into our recurring revenue roadmap is about understanding the different pillars that are available, the different strategies within those pillars, and then turning the wheel of wealth. And that's the process of a little bit of education, some support, connection. And as you say, sometimes you might turn the wheel, decide it's not for you. Exactly right. Put it to one side and and try something else. And, and, And that's part of it. You know, that's the whole part of the wealth building thing is when you can go somewhere and I'm, and I'm, delighted and proud of wealth wealth builders being as far as i know chris and anybody who could correct me by sending me an email we're the only completely holistic and impartial organization that deals with wealth in its totality the 360 degree view of wealth not the myopic view of stocks property funding you know uh, commodities so because we take that holistic view and we partner up with the best people we know, then we're able to bring that knowledge and bring that integrity as the safest place we can be for people trying to build their wealth rather than, I suppose, leaving the shore and getting into shark-infested waters. So we want to be a nice, safe harbour for people, and I'm proud that we continue to do that. Yeah, and uh, we offer all different levels of membership. You can begin as a free member. Just head to wealthbuilders.co.uk forward slash membership. Sign up, won't cost you anything, get yeah. access to some of our videos, our yeah. ebooks. And uh, for those that perhaps want a little bit more coaching support, then we've got the academy. And, yeah. Uh, you know, you and other things coming soon, including Wealth Builders, families. And I know you've written a fantastic 200 page workbook for people who want to perhaps go on a self guided tour. Nothing wrong with that either. So it just, we needed ourselves, didn't we, to create the whole picture mm-hmm. before we could then say, well, here's how to navigate yourself through these waters as opposed to us actually steering them through it. Uh, And that will mean very soon we'll have a a lower cost offering uh, because we won't be coaching them. And um, I think I'm looking forward to that. And that will be sometime pretty soon. More news soon. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Well, I think that wraps up our 150th episode. That was a good one. (laughs) Indeed it was. So thanks again to Manish for uh, his insights on today's episode. Hope you enjoyed listening. If you haven't left us that review, now's a good time. Just head to uh, wealthbuilders.co.uk forward slash reviews. Take a couple of minutes out. Just let us know that you're enjoying it. We would really appreciate your feedback. Yeah. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, my name is Kevin Whelan. If you haven't, it's Christian Rodwell. (laughs) All right. On that note, we'll catch up same time, same place next week. Until then, my friend. See ya. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget that we are constantly updating our resources inside the Wealth Builders membership site to help you create, build and protect your wealth. Head over to wealthbuilders.co.uk slash membership right now for free access. That's wealthbuilders.co.uk slash membership.